0: It's time for Ubisoft, Square Enix, and Nintendo to step up to the plate at E3 2019 on this version of the PCC Extra. Welcome back, everyone, to a PCC Extra. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here, along with my good friend. He is right here with me, and he's heading to E3 2019. By the time you hear this, he'll be at E3 2019. It's my good friend. It's Josh Peterson. Josh It's just great to do this right now. Like you said, we would be updating people on to the show about what's going on with E3 2019. And we're going to do that today. So I'm so excited because there's been three more conferences that's produced a lot of news.
1: Yeah, I've been excited about them. It's funny because after watching the Square One, I went back and played the uh, Final Fantasy X remasters. And I forgot how annoying it is that you actually have to go to certain save points. They don't auto save or you can't save from a menu. And I ended up playing the game for like three hours and then I died without saving it. So I lost about 15 levels worth of stuff. So that was fun. But uh, yeah, go retro
0: games, right? Exactly, exactly. But we're going to be talking about a lot of games coming back, some novelties as far as that are that are coming back into the limelight, a lot of remakes, a lot of reimagining. And in fact, I at one time said the comment to you that it's the Square Enix E3 Conference 2019 remastered because they just kept on announcing remake and remaster and remake and remaster. They finally got into some new stuff, but it took a little while. So I know you liked it. And I know a lot of people out there liked it as well. But again, relying a whole bunch of a lot of remakes and remasters, you gotta have some new stuff to throw in there. And finally, Square Enix was gonna do just that. But we're gonna talk about Square Enix here in a little bit. Right now, first off, it was Ubisoft. There was a lot of stuff that was talked about when it concerns Ubisoft. Not all of it was just exciting news. It's the usual Tom Clancy stuff, Watch Dogs, some uh, Assassin's Creed things. Some of it was interesting. A little bit of new IPs were sprinkled in there. What do you want to start off, my friend? Because I know a lot of people were interested in the newest version of Watch Dogs called Watch Dogs Legion as far as the, the game is now set in the United Kingdom.
1: Yeah, actually, so I bought Watch Dogs 2 and I haven't played it yet, but I do remember really enjoying my time with Watch Dogs 1. And after seeing this trailer for Watch Dogs Legion, I'm fascinated by it because this is the first time... We haven't had a. I mean, in the Assassin's Creed games, right? We've had faceless protagonists, but this is the first time we haven't had a an official protagonist. So we have the the guy who's narrating into your your uh you know your your earpiece or whatever it is as you're going through the game. But this is interesting to me because you it, you you are Legion, right? You're playing as all these different characters. You're recruiting people who have different skills, and you can recruit them based on what kind of skills you're looking for. So what they showed in the gameplay uh, trailer was that you look at the, the, the people, you scan them, and you see, like, what, is, what can this guy do? Like, one guy was an uh, MMA fighter. The other person was a, a drone hacker, and that's where they focused in on because you need someone to go take out all the drones. But as you're doing this, the character that you were playing dies. And what you find out from this is that you don't go back to a checkpoint. You don't get a game over. You get what's called permadeath. And permadeath is, you know, basically when your character doesn't come back to life. And um, once that character dies, you go back to you play as one of the other characters you've recruited, which is, in this case was the old the old lady and the old lady's job. Or I think it, who, it wasn't the old lady it was somebody else, but it's your job now to go in and help well, that you, you
0: basically switch characters. Even yes. when after your perma you you suffer yes. a permadeath with one character, you'll just hop onto another. And pretty much anybody within that environment can be someone that you can recruit into the resistance, sort of yes. speak.
1: Yeah. So you go in and it, what's cool about it though is after you save these characters, after you go in and help them out and recruit them to your cause, they do mention you know the characters who you were originally playing as when you went to help him, like the guy that that ended up dying. He asks about, "Hey, what happened to that bloke that helped me? Who was originally helping me?" Oh, he didn't make it. And so that's kind of what I guess in the story of the of the game makes you want to, you know, join the cause or whatever because you're like, "Oh, this guy risked his life to help me." So it's really cool though because I'm curious, like, how many characters you can recruit to your roster so on and so forth. So you have one character who can't do all the different things like Aiden Pierce could in the first one. Instead, you have different characters you have to recruit to do different things. And this is really cool to me because it you don't have, you're not, there's no chance that you're going to be overpowered or anything, but what, what I don't like about it is that I don't know man, I have a hard time with this idea of not being able to latch on to one character. With with too many characters, my fear is that it's going to become overwhelming. But from watching the gameplay trailer, what did you take away from it?
0: Well, that part of it is interesting unless you get to the point where you play through 10, 12 characters and they're pretty they're essentially the same thing. And if that's the case and it's just going to be no real differentiation from any character that you're playing without just the voices being or the aesthetic differences being the difference there. And let's say you play as the old lady and you're playing for her through a while and whatnot. Is she gonna be doing a, a loop as far as the amount of things she's gonna say after maybe 20, 30 minutes? Is she gonna is she gonna run out of things to say? So you know what? She's saying the same things over and over again on a loop. So I don't know about exactly what the limitations are gonna be as far as the amount of characters you're gonna play, but They're boasting that you can play as so many different characters within the context of the game that you can go ahead and recruit and become part of the resistance that you will, you can take them over when you suffer a permadeath and one, I, I will see how this works. But again, as someone who reviews games, like both you and I have, the first thing I would say is, okay, I'm playing a new person. Is this going to be a new character that I'm going to play with all new characteristics, all new personality Is it going to be something that's just beyond the audio and aesthetics that obviously have to be differentiated in order to go ahead and get some semblance of an immersion into playing a different character? So I I don't know. The book's still out. The jury's still out on it. I would like to see how this goes into, into detail because, again, let's say, Josh, you're going ahead with your 20th character in the game. How different is that 20th character going to be from the first character that you played?
1: Right. And that that's where the idea of them all having different skill sets come in and different, different background stories. It just makes me wonder, you know, like in typical RPG or, you know, action adventure game fashion, how many of those are going to be repeats of each other? You know, how you have characters who, who you go onto the world and there's somebody wearing the same clothes as somebody else. How many incidents of that are we going to come across? But at the same time, like from what I understand, because of the uniqueness of each of the characters in the game, it caused a lot of issues in in production. So, you know, I'm hopeful that they they would take the time to to craft the world and carefully do all that stuff. But uh, seeing how this is going to be Ubisoft's only big game seemingly of uh, of 2019 or the holiday season or what was it? Twenty twenty. I think it's slated to come out April, February, March, something like that.
0: Yes, it is a spring twenty twenty release. Right. So this is as many things I've heard announced is and so that yeah. means that some of these are going to be pushed back even farther.
1: Yeah, so we'll see what happens. But I mean this is like the the last the last big hurrah of this generation of consoles. So how how this happens, what happens? I imagine that they're going to take good care of what they're doing. But then again, you know, Watchdogs 2 was critically acclaimed by some and then just not, um, you know, not acclaimed at all by others. So I, I have it. I bought it from target actually for 11 99. Haven't played it yet, but, uh, looking forward to it. And, um, you know, watchdogs Legion looks, lo- it looks good, man. It looks good. I do want to play it, but, uh, you know, will there be time? that's the big question because 2020 has a lot of games coming out. So I'm kind of curious about how I'm going to organize my time there.
0: Exactly. A lot of games are being announced for the first half of 2020. So we'll see which ones materialize within those dates and which ones get bumped back because it is starting to get a little bit of a log jam within those first six months of 2020. One of the things I wanted to ask you about when it came to some of the announcements that Ubisoft made, before we go into really with the other Tom Clancy stuff, that related stuff that, that is part of the mix when it comes to Ubisoft each and every year, I know Assassin's Creed Odyssey has been near and dear to your heart as far as something you devoted a great deal of time into. Could you explain some of the DLC options that are coming that might get people invested into coming back into the realm of Assassin's Creed Odyssey?
1: Well, there's not really a lot. Like, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, it, it needs to to die. It needs to end because, you know, if they're still pumping out DLC for Odyssey, nobody's going to play the, the new one that allegedly takes place in Norse Mythology. But you know, right now there's one full episode of DLC out called the Legacy of the Hidden Blade, which takes place over three chapters. You can play them now. wasn't a huge fan of the last chapter of that. Right Well, now, I was talking
0: about more like the story creator that they announced. Yeah, yeah. And an cool. educational mode.
1: Yeah, so the educational mode is kind of like in um, Origins, you know how they had the Smithsonian version, right? So you can go through. There's no combat. You're basically just going up to all the... The uh, historical places, the pyramids of Giza stuff. Um, you know all the the different towns and cities and you can kind of see, and they have little uh, boxes that pop up, and you can look at them and be like, "Oh, hey, that's uh, that's that's you know whatever it is, that's a place where some guy got turned into a mummy or whatever you want to call it." And then in Odyssey, they have the same thing, right? So you can go to the different temples, different places in in Greece that are now run down and decrepit and they rebuilt them and they tell you about what they are and um, you know what they're famous for things like that the story mode from what i understand is, is super simple but it's fun to play with so you basically you create your own your own stories your own narratives but th- there's nothing like elaborate you know it's only things that are small kind of like side quests you can go through and you can play them you create them i don't know if there's like a share mode or w- whatever it is but it, it looks it looks interesting you know and it. If their goal is to make Odyssey a game that never ends, it seems like they're going to be successful in that. But my question to you is, do you think that they're going to take, say that some, somebody's story they create is more interesting than somebody else's? Do you think there'll be a marketplace for different people's stories that they can create, kind of like dreams?
0: I think so, and I think there should be. And should they charge for it? You know, it depends on, on the realm. It, it should, if it meets a certain criteria as far as story length, story involvement, things of that nature, Sure charge a couple bucks for it and you know what 50 50 what, what do you think is a fair price when it comes to i know because i know bethesda really got in heat over this over what they did with elder scroll skyrim and mods that were taken on there and trying to charge mods and taking a big huge cut what would you think a fair thing is for it i would say 50 50 personally but that that's just me could be less could be more i'm just personally saying yeah if i'm making the mod but they were the ones who made the game in the first place and they're the ones that are putting it on their marketplace i would probably say 50/50 cut would be great but if, you know if it's all free dlc that's even better i would even say that's great but if you people are going to take the time to create a large amount of dlc like a real like a, a invested 2 to 4 hour campaign or an extra side story that's something that i think in order to go ahead and do that that takes a lot of time to go ahead and create so I would suggest maybe offering some type of price for it and, you know, getting some type of cut in return if you were Ubisoft, but that's just to just me, so.
1: Yeah, it's hard, man. It depends on how expansive the DLC is and what's going on with that, but. Yeah,
0: I mean, if it's just a 30-minute, you know, kill, 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 no, yeah. that's not, that's not. But if it's something really invested, I think people should get rewarded for it, and yeah, I also think good. Ubisoft should get a little bit of a cut for it, I think a 50-50 or or even ubi you know 40% or whatever yeah. should be fine but I mean that, yeah. to me that I don't see a problem with that.
1: Yeah cuz thing I mean I don't know if 50-50 is fair to the creator of it because Ubisoft they they didn't have But to then the one, they're, 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 they
0: they they the game in the first they place. They have
1: the game but And they have the
0: marketplace.
1: Like, like it's basically free money for them. They're they're putting in the character the uh, story creation mode and all they got to do is sit back and watch what people are going to do with it so like i 50/50 they're going to make a profit no matter what so i mean they don't necessarily have to have 50/50 to make money they can have 60 40, well, if maybe, it's only charging
0: two dollars i would say one dollar
1: yeah, maybe something even less than that but yeah i mean i guess it all depends on how much they what the the
0: price points are and all that stuff but i mean they're not going to be charged if they start charging 15 bucks for it that that's yeah. going to turn off people right but think away
1: about this though i mean when the next assassin's creed comes drops in you know it's, it's, it's i imagine it's going to be a launch title in 2020 right in the holiday season
0: you're talking about gods and monsters correct <laughs>
1: Uh, not co- I'm I'm not there yet, but I mean, okay, when well, not there re- yet. Sorry. When the next actual Assassin's Creed game drops, uh, is is anybody still going to be playing with the character creation or the story creation mode, in Odyssey? I'm I'm thinking probably not.
0: No, and you're probably right, but I I still think at least you know there should be some type of fair trade for you know, Ubisoft because they have the marketplace, therefore. They keep it in place. They keep the servers in place. All that there's maintenance involved. Then also they created the game, which provided that that mod in the first place. But again, I don't. You know, whatever's fair for the marketplace, I'm always on the side of the creators. If if push comes to shove, so that's you know that's that's another issue for another day. And believe me, Bethesda got in a lot of trouble for that. So you know what, that's another issue for another day. So the some of the things that they also mentioned was gods and monsters. From one of the teams at you know that cr- helps create Assassin's Creed, it is not an Assassin's Creed per se, but it's I get like you said, it was within the, the mythology and things of that nature. Your thoughts on gods and monsters because it's not a true-fledged Assassin's Creed type game, but it deals within that type of Greek mythology, so to speak.
1: Not enough revealed about it to really get me to lean one way or another. It looks cool. I'm always open to to new properties from ubisoft but i mean again look at skull and bones right they announced that three years ago now and we still haven't even seen the game it hasn't been released we don't know what it looks like so anytime they don't already have an engine built for a certain game it takes years for it to come out well i do i do like the prospect of this game and the idea that it was made by the the team behind assassin's creed odyssey I'm not really holding my breath as for when it's going to come out. It looks cool. It sounds cool in concept. But again, you know, when are we going to see this game? Probably never.
0: And let's go into some of the other things that they talked about when it comes to Ubisoft. They did talk about a roller derby game called Roller Champions. That's coming, I believe, to PCs uh, in the near future. Plus also as well, they talked about a lot of stuff within the Tom Clancy verse. Starting off with Ghost Recon Breakpoint. I know they, they were so happy to have uh, John Bernthal involved in the process, and you'll be able to see a character that is represented by him in the game. So, it, you know, he'll be uh, very invested in, as far as the game is concerned. So, a lot of people are looking forward to that. Saw some footage. It looks okay. It's Ghost Recon. So, you know, I, I think a lot of people are hoping for some good things when it comes to Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Rainbow Six not only announced a new Battle Royale, what a surprise of its own, but they also announced that their new game in development, hopefully coming out next year again, another 2020 game, is Rainbow Six Quarantine. So we're hoping that will go ahead and materialize into something that could be just as effective and just as popular as Rainbow Six Siege. Before we head on out, what were your thoughts on what Ubisoft represented at their Ubisoft E3 conference?
1: I didn't like it. Honestly, it was, they were pimping more television shows and movies. You like the always sunny in Philadelphia and were,
0: type deal. Right.
1: And they're like, Oh, the division two is becoming a thing. And there's something about a, maybe a ghost recon property making its way to Netflix. They, there wasn't anything to announce. Everyone's expecting some, another Nintendo crossover. Didn't happen. We got the division two post launch plans, but if you listen to the audience, there wasn't really a lot of hype about it. And everyone's predicting that there's going to be another splinter cell. Then they introduce Sam Fisher in elite squad. Right. But it's just a mobile, uh, you know, a mobile battle Royale multiplayer type thing. So you're not getting that. And of course you're
0: Whoop-de-doo.
1: right. Right. And of course, you know, you get your for honor DLC, but that's kind of in just dance 2020, but that's something you, you know, you expect That's like traditional E3 type stuff. So I don't know. I thought that it was very weak. Um, I wouldn't, i kind of put it i put it below bethesda for sure but it's just there's nothing terribly interesting about it and you know again terminator is making a big appearance and everyone's i i don't know if that's something you don't want to you want to be associated with as far as terminator and ghost recon
0: breakpoint but he's everywhere he's going to be in gears of war 5 and it's sarah connor as well in gears of war (sighs) Five.
1: Yeah, but Ubisoft was super lackluster. What were your overall thoughts of it? It was
0: all right. Nothing great to me. I think Watch Dogs Legion is something that I would have to see in practice because I don't want to go ahead and get into a new character and feel like it's just a skin and feel like it's just a skin off of something I've already played 10 times before because that's to me, it's going to be a waste of money. I'm interested to see what Rainbow Six Quarantine is all about because we were talking about what we would like to see as far as a new rainbow six vegas and this could be take you know this could take the place of that so it is i think going to be a three-player co-op type game so i'm very interested to see where that goes but otherwise there was nothing that really struck out to me i know you play plus their own subscription service what do you know coming around the corner or talking about that as well so ubisoft is is just doing what ubisoft wants to do right now promoting a lot of stuff outside of Really good new IPs for the most part. Although, you know what, we've got to give Ghost Recon a chance. Hopefully, it'll be do better than Wildlands. Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs two. I know a lot of people were eh, on the fence about it. It did not have the original zest and fire that first Watch Dogs. of the original Watch Dogs trailer came out on E3. So we'll have to wait and see what a lot of people are going to be saying. And and a lot of games are going to be coming out on Ubisoft. Wasn't great, wasn't bad, but it just really didn't have any kind of oomph to it, I think, as far as what they needed to really have them stand out as far as E3 is concerned. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial! Wait, do, do people still use dials? Listen up, all you gamers out there. Miracle Fruit Oil is ramping up the deals on its awesome Vitabrace gaming wristband. Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve your gaming performance. Vitabrace will help you achieve your gaming goals, whether it's that single-player campaign, retro classic, or battle royale. Head on over today to miraclefruitoil.com, and if you use the code VITABrace50, you'll get half off on a VitaBrace gaming wristband, or use the code buy one get one, and it's buy one, get one free. That's right, just use the code VITABrace50, Or buy and the number one, get and the number one today to get some great deals on some Vitabrace gaming wristbands. So check it out today at MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace, win with it. Next, we had Square Enix. And as I told you, a lot of remasters that were coming up, including the Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, The Last Remnant, Romancing Saga 3. Dragon Quest XI, that is going on the Switch, and that's great news for Nintendo Switch owners. Octopath Travelers, that's great. Those remakes are, are gonna be cool and, and awesome, but I think a lot of people were mainly looking at two things, and that's not Outriders from the Bulletstorm dev, but two things primarily when it came to Square Unix that either made or broke their conference, and that was the, a, the extended look at the Final Fantasy VII Remake and the Avengers game coming in May 2020. So I want to hear your thoughts, man. First off, as a beloved fan of the Final Fantasy VII juggernaut that it is amongst gamers, it's almost at reach to mythical legends as far as either people who said they have played it, people who've actually played it, and people who just love following it in the first place. So I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. There's been some conversation about the new combat system in final fantasy seven this remake coming up so i want to hear your thoughts as far as the final fantasy seven remake after you got to take a good look at it where does it stand with you
1: you know as much as it pains me to to say this the battle screen that takes you to a different or the 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 fighting that takes you to a battle screen right the days of that have come and gone right 90s was was big into that that type of thing but now we have the uh the active battle system, right? Like in Final Fantasy 15 Devil May Cry games like that. People like fast-paced things, and you know, talking to to people who are up and coming gamers, you know, they they want an active battle system. They don't want the type of battle system where you have to go to a separate screen, you have to choose attack, you have to choose uh, magic, you have to choose items to heal your guys. They they don't want to play strategically. Just they just want to mash buttons and be able to do their thing. And you know, I I totally get that and that that's that's fine, you know. I was I was raised on games like Final Fantasy 7, Final Fantasy X, 8, th- things like that where you actually had to go to a battle screen, but you know, after playing something like 15, I'm like this this flows really well, right? You don't have to stop what you're doing to go into a separate screen to to fight a, a monster or whatever. So, you know, seeing the battle encounters taking place in Final Fantasy 7, I'm stoked, man! Like I love the idea of being able to switch between characters or hide behind boxes or whatever it is, and uh, having to strategically take out enemies instead of just hacking and slashing at them. I love that, man! I think that looks really cool. And that boss that they showed with uh, Cloud and and Barrett uh, fighting the 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 Shinra machine, like I'm I'm all for that, man! And I'm I'm super stoked about. It. And I love how how Cloud had to go and find the the weakness in the machine and Barrett starts shooting at it and they're like oh it's um it's weak against thunder so you equip the thunder materia to your weapons and it you know you have to be super strategic to play this game and that's cool man that's something that because the Final Fantasy games they've always been very simple in their own rights but now you actually have to think about what you're doing and I think that's really cool plus it's it's all the same screen you know it's not one cutscene like in God of War but it is It's all the same screen, and it seems to flow very well. It's it's a very fluid game, going from one point to another, to a battle, to a cutscene, to whatever it is. You know, I love being seeing that you can play as uh, as Tifa or Barrett or whoever it is, and still uh, be able to to use their skills. You don't have to select each person separately as the battle goes on you can just if you need someone's skill you can switch characters and play as them for a minute then go back to cloud or whatever it is uh my my question like as i'm watching this though my question is like they had namora had come up on stage and say that we have you know about two blu-ray discs worth of content for this game do you think that there's going to be an open world because that was a big part of final fantasy 7 remember was the open world exploration so how do you think they're going to handle this in that game? You
0: go to a checkpoint and it's gonna say please insert disc two just like the old days my yeah, friend. Well, just like the, the old days
1: feeling though like when you got to the end of disc one it said please insert disc two and you're like heck yeah man disc two I am making progress.
0: Well let's let's man. see how it goes but it probably something similar I mean because it's just again a remake. It's not something uh, an original IP so I mean, people will have that nostalgia feeling of doing that disc switching. So just for that, I think they'll tolerate that. When it comes to Final Fantasy VII, is because it is a remake. If it was, I don't know, uh, you know, let, let's go, let's say Ghost Recon Breakpoint, then I think people would have an issue because it's a brand new game and, th- and things of that nature. But because this is a remake of an, you know, a, you know, how many years game, it I think that's okay. I think they'll let it slide. I think some people, especially newer audiences, may not understand the concept of, what are we going to do? Oh, we got to put in another disc?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that's funny too, because I was watching the the Square stream from the GameSpot YouTube page, and as I was watching the comments pop up, people are like, boring, show us Avengers, stuff like that, and I almost hope that they didn't show an Avengers trailer just to piss them off, but you know, as they show like the, the Dragon Quest Builders trailer, like, that's a Minecraft wannabe. Are you kidding me, man? Dragon Quest was out when you were still a sperm. So don't tell me that that's a Minecraft wannabe. You know, all these kids, they don't appreciate these old franchises. Everything's an Overwatch wannabe or a Minecraft wannabe. It's these Minecraft is, you know, whatever franchise that was wannabe or whatever, you know, and it's like a lot of these kids don't appreciate the franchises that shaped gaming and i think that's one of the big things that makes gaming culture so toxic these days
0: that it does my friend that it does and so many other reasons why the gaming culture is so toxic and sometimes very hard to deal with but again square enix did a lot announce a lot of remakes on the way so if you're into remakes more coming at you from square enix you know i got to give them credit they know where their bread is buttered and they have a lot of things in the vault that they're willing to remake we want to see EA do the same thing and hit Mass Effect for the 1,000th time. We're going to remind them. So I don't know. It can, we, w-
1: can we for a minute, though, like mention um, I love the the mana collection that they're they're putting out, you know, all these old games because i for the first time when I was a kid. You know, these games were all exclusive to Japan, so I can never play them. But now they're out and I'm an adult. And I don't have time to play them, but I really want to buy them so I can play them. So, um, you know, I really admire how they're bringing those games out. Final Fantasy 8 is being remade. They're, Square is doing a lot right by the fans. And I would almost go as far as to say that Square had, uh, you know, behind Nintendo, Square had the best conference of E3 that I've seen.
0: Well, I tell you what, there was a lot to like about Square Enix because at the end, they talked about the Avengers. Finally, Avengers we got to see some a good bit of the cutscenes. didn't get to see anything really as far as gameplay is concerned to my extent that i wanted to see but the game is coming out may 2020 I cannot use the same likenesses from the avengers that we know and we see in the marvel cinematic universe and the voices are a who's who in the video game voiceover industry with Nolan north troy baker and so much more but Unfortunately, they didn't want to pay the cashola to get the likenesses and voices of the characters we know from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Did you find that disappointing? That, that could have been the difference between maybe an EA should have the title or maybe an Activision should have the license for, for an Avengers instead of Square Enix. Because Square Enix cannot afford to go ahead and go, you know what, we're going to pay for Chris Evans likeness and voice. Or more, you know, or Robert Downey Jr. or anyone else for that matter that's associated with Avengers.
1: No, because you look at the the atrocious way in which Activision and EA or whatever has have handled uh, superhero properties before, and I just I I don't. The voice acting means very little to me. Granted, I don't like it because I feel like this is an all star game made up of uh, you know Nathan Drake and you know Troy Baker's on there uh, and there's 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 a a lot of characters voicing that is familiar to characters that we've played throughout games and all that stuff but i trust square to make this game you know square has always been good with progression i wish they would have shown more more gameplay you know what does it look like is there a progression system can we level up our characters how does that how does it work switching between different avengers but you know i'm not i'm not super thrilled about this game but if i did trust anyone to make it it would be square or you know edos montreal i think it's montreal in this case uh they did make shadow of the tomb raider and that was a a, a pretty pretty great game but that I, I trust them to craft a narrative and create gameplay that's fun but still challenging and um you know if it was put in the hands of activision there would be you know you'd have the the destiny issues right where they The game feels rushed or there's something wrong with the voice acting. They don't like it. They have to go back and redo things. Uh, Granted, Square has taken a long time to put this game out, but, you know, I I trust them with it.
0: Well, as long as you do, Uh, the game, like I said, showed some cutscenes. It was all right. Uh, They had a voice actor roundtable talking about the importance of the Avengers that I guess they're, you know, I I don't know. I just would have loved to have seen it from the Marvel Cinematic Universe perspective and seeing a round table with Marvel Cinematic Universe actors and things of that nature. But still, I'm going to get it if the gameplay looks any good. So it is coming out May 2020. It is the Avengers game. It is something that is either going to really rock the socks off the video game industry or it's going to be a, it's going to be something that's going to, I don't know. I, can, shall we call this "If It Burns"? Being like an end of the Matrix, where it sells really good very early on, then people realize it's a trash game, and then just goes ahead and and it dies from there.
1: I don't know because look at Shadow of the Tomb Raider was good, but it wasn't exactly.
0: But I'm talking about a, as a licensed property,
1: right? Right. No, but I'm I'm looking back at this as uh, Eidos Montreal, right? Like they Shadow of the Tomb Raider was good, but it didn't exactly sell huge numbers of copies, so. If Marvel's Avengers fail, uh, I don't see Eidos Montreal or, you know, Eidos whatever it is sticking around very long. So and, you know, as for the the property itself, Marvel properties, I don't know, man, because the Wolverine game wasn't good. The Deadpool game was was decently applauded, but that was still at like seven point five or eight. So it wasn't exactly the perfect game. But I just superhero properties have never translated well into video games except in the case of batman the arkham knight series right so i don't know man like this is uh (laughs) this is kind of unexplored territory for gaming because ultimate alliance is also out and nobody really wanted another ultimate alliance game so i'm curious to see how people are enjoying that one but yeah this is this is risky I, i don't if If this does not do well, I don't see Marvel really investing in gaming again anytime soon.
0: I agree with you on that. But they do have a multi-game deal on the table, whether or not it will see all the way through. And there'll be some tenuous times like we're seeing with EA and Star Wars. We'll have to wait and see. But it all rides first off on the Avengers game, which comes out in May 2020. So your thoughts, like you said, again, on Square Enix, you really liked it. You thought it was one of the best conferences out there.
1: Yeah, just because they have the most games that I actually wanted to play. And, you know, again, I love the like the last Remnant remastered was released the day that they talked about it on the thing. So it they, they did a good job. And you can go on the the Nintendo Marketplace or the Xbox Marketplace and find a bunch of stuff on sale also. So I think they did a good job. They actually had Namora and a couple other people come out and talk about things that Creators of Dying Light came out uh there's a couple other games but unlike last year where it was video only like they had people actually coming out and talking about the games in person so that was cool and i give them props for really stepping the game up compared to their last conference
0: so there's your thoughts on square enix i thought the square enix conference for me was okay it was pretty good getting by for me a lot of the reliance on the remakes and remasters Obviously, the book ending of Final Fantasy VII and the Avengers was something they want to hit you with a one-two punch. I thought it was okay. Uh, Again, the reliance on the remakes was something I would try to go ahead and sprinkle in as opposed to just being very, very reliant on it. But you know what? The Square Enix seems to work for them. It got a lot of people who follow their games religiously uh, very, very interested in it. A lot of those niche audiences what I was looking through today and a lot of the gamers that we both know that love those niche games like The, Ra- the Last Remnant, R- Rancing Saga, you know, and, and some others that are being remade. We're very interested in it, and I'm happy for them that they'll be able to get a remastering of these type of games coming to a system that they love playing very soon. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. Alright my friend, that leaves us with the last and final conference of E3 and that is Nintendo who I thought came out on top. I thought they did extremely well with what they had because they, unlike the others, don't have something that's coming up in development very soon. It's going to be released in 2020 as far as a new console is concerned. Now, they didn't, as far as consoles, they didn't announce a higher and a lower priced Nintendo Switch. They didn't come off with that announcement, but they announced a ton of games And in that assessment, I really think that they came out on top well ahead of Xbox. And of course, PlayStation wasn't even here. So they won by default there. I think the fact, again, that they are not having to wait with their stuff until holiday 2020 for a new system allows them to go ahead and jump on the audience now and the gaming marketplace now. And in doing so, they offered a ton of games, which I think a lot of people were interested in. Just to mention Luigi's Mansion 3 the dark crystal age of resistance the legend of zelda the lynx awakening remake that's coming on the way like you were talking about with the trials and the collection of mana witcher 3 that was a big news that that is coming to the switch as far as a, a you know a port of it well so we'll see how well that runs on the switch but that you know you know what witcher 3 is a great game so it's coming to the switch uh there was fire emblem three houses that's in development Resident Evil 5 and Resident Evil 6 are coming to the Switch. Travis Touchdown Returns and No More Heroes 3, a game which I originally liked on the Wii. You got the Contra collection that's coming. Panzer Dragoon, a name from the past that's also coming to the Switch. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, you know that's coming out next month and they showed a better look at that. That's that's coming out. So what are some of the things that you really liked about the Nintendo conference? I know they talked about New characters coming to Super Smash, including Banjo-Kazooie and Dragon Quest characters coming to Super Smash. You had, the, of course, the big announcement, which was not Animal Crossing New Horizons coming in 2020 being delayed, but it is a sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild that is in development. So overall, Nintendo really scored a big hit with audiences and proved, I think, without a doubt, that they won E3.
1: Yeah, they had just, just really cool announcement after really cool announcement you know I'm looking at your list here let me let me just go through here luigi's mansion 3 really excited to play cuz you know like i like we discussed before the the nintendo switch is my first official nintendo console right outside of game boy and stuff like that so i'm really excited to dive into that legend of zelda link's awakening i Never played the original, so I'm really excited to dive into that, even though it's more of like a, a chibi version of Link as opposed to the, the one we've seen in Breath of the Wild. The mana collection, I'm really excited to play because I didn't, you know, those were all in Japanese as a kid, so I couldn't get them unless I wanted to put a chip in my my PlayStation or whatever it was. So that's cool. And I I saw it, it's on the marketplace safe, like $39.99. So maybe during the summer I'll sit down and check it out. Uh, you're a Witcher fan, though. What is, is Witcher 3 on, on the Switch something that you would be interested in playing?
0: If I didn't have it already, yes, it would. If it was the complete collection, yes, I would. But got it the, during Black Friday. I'm going to get into it really into detail. I know I saw extensive looks at it before, and it it got so much acclaim, so much awards. And I think it is truly a special game and is right up there with some of the best of the past five years and I think that it's going on the Switch, is going to revitalize, and you know what, they're just taking the Bethesda trail, because Bethesda was quick to go ahead and put Skyrim on everything, and you know what, more power to them in doing so, they see that, they emu—they want to emulate that, and get the money from that, so I can't blame CD Projekt Red at all, you know, it takes a lot of money to go ahead and pay for Keanu Reeves, you know, so you know what, you got to do it, to me, it's, it's I don't have a problem with it, I really enjoy the fact that, People would, would be able to go ahead and play Witcher Three on their Nintendo Switch. How well it will run, that remains to be seen.
1: <laughs> will it be like uh, Skyrim, where you're only able to complete one out of every ten quests? Oh, okay, exactly. so let me let me hit you with this next question though. What would be an acceptable price point for you to pay for The Witcher Three? So Skyrim is still fifty nine ninety nine, and you know you can buy it on any other console except Switch for about twenty bucks. So uh what what i bought it for less what's up i bought it for less well you've probably got it on sale i did um amazon had a sale one time so i price matched over at target and they had to honor that so that was cool but what would be a price point for witcher 3 on switch that would be something you'd you'd you know consider diving into
0: for the complete collection be have to be no more than thirty bucks, twenty nine ninety nine, because it is an older game, and you can find it these days at fifteen to twenty dollars uh, for the right deal on on every other platform. So, you and I both know that they're going to charge fifty nine ninety nine for it, and they're going to get at least initially some interest into it. But to be fair, it should be somewhat near the price of what the other versions are at that have been out for years already, but, you know, that's not going to be the case, at least early on. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, I would hope
1: that it would at least start at $39.99, right, instead of $59.99, because who has has $60 to to pay for a game that's been out for, you know, five years, five or six years on other consoles? You might Um, be surprised. You might be surprised. Yeah, I know. That's a sad thing. Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, they've been talking about that for a while. I've never invested much in the Fire Emblem franchise is that something you're into not really but i know
0: people that did uh, really get into it so i know that's going to be a a key point for them there's another entry in the series
1: yeah yeah to me it's like the tales games though right like there's there's definitely an audience for the tales games but it's just not something i've ever been fascinated by uh what about resident evil 5 resident evil 6 so i've played resident evil 5 remastered and i've never played resident evil 6 but to me the big issue with these resident evil games being released on switch Is that they're far too expensive, man. Again, like, why do I want to pay $40 a piece for each of these games? Like, Resident Evil Zero, $40, right? Resident Evil One, $40. Resident Evil Four, $40. Like, these games, you can find them for about $6 on any old console or on like the Xbox Marketplace. So, why do they feel like it's okay to charge so much money for a game that's been out for so long?
0: Because they can get it. If people are buying it and buying it in length like that, if they're buying it in in decent enough quantities, of course, they're going to go ahead and still jack out the price on you. Even though you can find probably better resolution, faster versions of it probably on different systems that are much cheaper. But again, it goes back to the portability of the Nintendo Switch. And in order to go ahead and have these type of selection of games and these type of ports coming over the Nintendo Switch, and have the portability to play a Resident Evil 5, a Resident Evil 6, a Witcher 3, and so on, then unfortunately the price gets jacked up because of it. And that's true. Like
1: the the big novelty of the Switch, right, is that you can take it anywhere. And so um, you know, that's the only thing that got me back into Final Fantasy 10 was the fact that I could buy the game I trading credits also. I'll let that be known. But I could buy the game and I could take it on vacation with me or if I could take it to work with me and play it during lunch or, you know, whenever there's downtime, I could sit there and play the game. So that's what drew that to me. But I mean, it's it still seems like robbery, man. Like these games are so old, but Nintendo knows that they can remaster everything under the sun and still make at least
0: $40 off of it. So it's kind of crazy to me spyro reignited trilogy coming to it too and that's going to be jacked up
1: the thing about that is that i know i'm not going to be able to resist the urge to buy it you know i already have it on xbox one and i i love it and i'm just not going to be able to not buy it on nintendo switch
0: check out the price check out
1: the price i, I know dude. hey Nintendo, you heard it here, man. I'll I'll pay you guys sixty bucks for that game. Uh, no more heroes three. What what are your thoughts? Any interest in that? I I, I, I do
0: I do because of the the old Wii game. Is the version of it, the original Travis Touchdown. I thought that was a fun, well humored game, and I'd like to see what comes out of No More Heroes three when it comes out on the Switch. I, I still like the to follow what's going on with Travis Touchdown. Just you know what? He's got the coolest name in video games. What are you gonna say? Yeah,
1: that's that's. <laughs> that's very true travis touchdown Compl- but i think
0: I, I think the big news was the sequel to the legend of zelda breath of the wild coming most likely if it's in development now i would probably say unless it gets delayed holiday 2020 that okay. they, but they so, didn't say for sure
1: and that's super fascinating i love the idea of going back into that version of hyrule right where breath of the wild took place but from story aspects so where do you think this is going to go right because we killed or not killed i don't know how what happens in the zelda verse but we took care of ganondorf right we had the big battle in in the castle we saved the princess link took care of the the big monster version of ganon afterwards where where do we go from here though like in the trailer there's clearly some evil entity coming back to life is it ganon or is it something else because i would love to see a villain that's not ganon maybe something far darker cuz this this trailer definitely had a very dark uh dark tone to it but still had those very interesting shades that the original breath of the wild had so are we going to open this world a little more and let us explore a little bit more or are we just going to be exploring the same old stuff again but fighting a different villain where do you think the story's going to go
0: hopefully it'll actually go a little bit longer a little bit more spread out but again you only have so much in the way of limitations when it comes to the technology behind the Nintendo switch, so that's one reason why I was surprised that you announced all these games, but you didn't announce new version of consoles, one more economized, and then one more that could probably handle a lot of these ports in a much better fashion
1: that's true, so I mean my next question would be how long do you think before we get to see this uh, breath of the wild sequel do you think that it's something that's pushed out next year to compete with the next-gen consoles from Sony and Microsoft, or do you think it's something we're going to be waiting for for like two or three years?
0: They're going to slap that on as soon as those consoles from Xbox and Sony get into the, you know, right there, right, they're all being loaded up, they're all going to go to Walmart and GameStop and all those great other retailers and whatnot. Yeah, as soon as they get lined up, oh, here's the new Breath of the Wild sequel. Sorry, we're going to take your money first. You know that's going to come right around that time.
1: Well, here's the thing, though. Like, I, I I, don't care to buy a PlayStation on day one, right? I will never buy a PlayStation on day one. I bought the last two Xboxes on day one because... I have I'm, no
0: comment on the matter because I've done it.
1: Have you? Yeah. I mean, like, I I bought... I, I waited outside Target back in 2015, right? On launch day, Me and Big Dog on launch day for Xbox One. And we got our Xboxes. You know, I got Forza and Rise with it. Uh, but I have never... I've always waited like a uh, you know a few months after playstation came out to when they were more affordable but here's the thing if they released a new breath of the wild say on the same day or a new zelda game on the same day that the consoles came out like i would honestly consider not buying one of these consoles to play this game depending on what games are coming out with launch obviously if there's if there's a halo i'm you know nothing's going to stop me from playing that game but you know, if, it, if there wasn't something big like that in Breath of the Wild release, I would seriously debate not buying a new console in, in favor of playing one of these games.
0: So overall, it looks like Nintendo came out on top of all the conferences. I know, at least for me, because, again, they don't have to wait for another console that's on the way. They can go ahead and start getting a lot of games now and start introducing to the marketplace a lot of games over the course of the next 18 months and get the jump ahead of all the PlayStation 5s and whatever Project Scarlet's going to become in the near future, whatever they're going to call it and whatnot. So I think Nintendo far and away, and people have always called me a Nintendo antagonist. They've always said I've broken down about Nintendo. You know what? I will call it as I see it when it comes to any of the big makers. And right now, Nintendo clearly had a step up on everyone when it comes to e3 2019 i i think they clearly came out on top and made a lot of fans happy that own or want to own a nintendo switch
1: yeah i I definitely agree man you know of course animal crossing new horizons looks cool the new super smash content marvel ultimate alliance panzer dragon you know they're reviving the old sega saturn franchise there's a lot of good stuff man of course the uh there's a few other things that have been announced for a while, and they kind of touched on a little bit, didn't give us exact release dates, but it feels like 2020 is going to be a big year for Nintendo, and they're, I love that they're more focused on uh, current-gen stuff than next-gen stuff. I don't think we're going to see another Switch for a while, but...
0: You, know, you might I'm, see them a little bit more powerful switch.
1: Yeah, and more powerful one for sure. But I don't think we're going to see a new, new Nintendo hardware anytime soon. But I love that everyone's like, oh, we got this weird, you know, next gen console gap. And then Nintendo's like, we don't. So we're just going to keep putting stuff out there that you love and hope that you buy it. And I'm wanting to buy a lot of it.
0: Well, it was some great conferences to wrap up the E3 2019 as far as, at least from Nintendo's point of view and from everybody out there, it looks like Nintendo clearly won E3 2019 and according to us as well. So we were able to report everything on our Game Source Facebook page. A lot of news went out, plus also on Twitter. Just a lot of great news coming out there, especially from our guys that are already there in Tony and Jamie Monroy that were there on the floor going ahead and showcasing some of the things that they saw at E3 2019. Plus, we got you the news. It's sent directly to our Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source Facebook pages and Twitter handles and all that. So it was really just a great time reporting all that stuff that went on at E3 2019 over the past few days. And you know, don't forget to check out our Friday program. We're going to have some, hopefully, uh, from E3 you guys talking about what you saw and what you liked about E3 2019. Hopefully you guys would be able to to get together to go ahead and, and talk about it at length so we can play that on our Friday episode. Plus, we're going to be talking about other great things as well, including Men in Black. Men in Black International comes out this weekend, so we got to talk about the future of the Men in Black series, and if there is still one, and if there's enough interest in it as well. So some of the other things that we're going to talk about include that and and so much more. So Got a great show. Again, it's the PCC Multiverse that's going to drop on Friday. Got some great things lined up for you in the future. And of course, some E3 talk to wrap it all up in a nice tidy bowl on our Friday show, the PCC Multiverse. Any last thoughts on the way out or you want to share with everybody out there where you're going to be at and what you're going to be doing and how to follow you when you're you're heading out to E3 2019 when they hear this?
1: Uh, well, I mean, we're going out to E3 2019 tomorrow, so you can... I'm sure we'll be posting some updates to the Pop Culture Cosmos page so you can tune in there. Uh, we did a little bit of coverage of the Nintendo stuff today on our website, www.popculturecosmos.com. I'm sure I'm going to try to talk Tony and Jamie into doing some podcasts tomorrow afterwards to see where we're at with that. But yeah, definitely tune in, follow the pages, and you'll be up to date on everything. I'll have uh, Chad Smith of Hyperschmidt with me. You can tune into that and find out. What we're up to, we have a few interviews lined up, and yeah, just tune in, keep your eyes open. there'll be some content up, I'm sure. You
0: tell those Monroys to get me an E3 shirt. They me.:
1: Ger- That's right. Gerald's all about the swag, ladies and gentlemen.:
0: That is right. You have see- got to see some of the swag I've collected over the years at E3s that I've been to. It's always about the swag. All right my friend it's been a great show it's again the PCC extra i want to thank everybody for listening keep in touch with us on our social media pop culture cosmos and game source we thank you so much for listening to our show and here's hoping you have yourself a great day